Welcome to Love, Tales and Recipes. We're meeting today for a little bit of pleasure to have with your cuppa, a story, a recipe, and a tea or coffee pairing with me, your host and author, Melody Green. Hello, my lovelies. Today we will hear all about roses, oolong tea, a cup and saucer from the 100-year collection of China created by the House of Royal Albert, and a dessert of poached quinces in rosewater. Love Tales and Recipes is all about pairing. How we lift the everyday, mundane action of having a cup of tea and something to eat into a celebration of life and a moment to recharge your batteries. And what am I drinking today? Well, today's brew is called Rose Oolong. It is a traditional semi-oxidized Chinese tea produced through a process including withering the plant under strong sun and oxidation before curling and twisting it. Chinese medicine describes rose oolong as the tea of beauty, perfect for pampering yourself with at the end of a beauty treatment. But the tea is the beauty treatment itself, working from the inside out. Rose oolong tea boosts your rate of metabolism. It is perfect to complement your fitness regime, as it can help in burning body fat over time. And this tea is a rich resource of vitamin C and high in antioxidants, which helps you keep a clear, acne-free skin and soothes and boosts dry, sallow skin when used as a face tonic. The flavour of this tea is smooth, floral and mellow. Rose petals add a sweet, mild aroma, and so it's best brewed on its own without milk and sugar. Semi-fermented, oolong has intense, complex flavours, and together they make a well-balanced cup. It is a perfect tea to sip in the afternoons or mid-evening with dessert, and can be drunk hot or cold. Today, I'm drinking mine in a lovely china teacup and saucer, decorated with roses and lily of the valley in a design from the 1940s by the House of Royal Albert China. The recipe for today is again another perfect pairing in the dessert poached quinces in rosewater. And how did I get this recipe? One of the wonderful, dare I say magical things about food, is its ability to transcend cultural and language barriers. Many of the recipes that are now firm favourites in my home have come from another culture than mine through someone I have met, befriended or loved. This recipe was gifted to me by the grandmother of an English student I taught from Egypt. She always served it with cream flavoured with almond essence and freshly toasted slivered almonds. But my preference is for a good quality plain yoghurt with a touch of cinnamon and the zest of lemon. Or, if you're feeling decadent, a really good vanilla bean ice cream. You will find a copy of this recipe on my website by following the link on this podcast. And now time for a story. Love Bud is a short story from my book, A Tipsy Man Goes Naked. The man stared long and hard at the bunch of fully-blown roses on his desk, his heart swelling with joy at the sight. He bent, breathing deeply of a fragrance that had risen above the usual rose perfume and drawn him inexorably to the vase 
intent on discovering the unique floral expression, the particular rose scent that he felt he remembered from another time and place. It was impossible to find buried amongst the many, so he pulled them all out until he found the specific bloom. To look at, it was not a particularly spectacular rose in shape or size. It was a creamy pink, bruised at the edges with a hint of crimson. The man moved away from the other roses on the table to the window and held the rose to his nose. The scent rose in waves dancing along his air passages until it hit his head, making him feel light-headed and heavy all at the same time. His body and heart opened in the one deep moment. Where had he smelt that particular perfume before? He closed his eyes to the garden and found his mind travelling a different garden space, where it was shaded and cool, hidden from the heat of the harsh sun by tall walls, shrubs, and latticed and tessellated escarpments. The same rose, rising magnificently from an aged and gnarled trunk, scarred with grafting, showing the generous giving of itself to other rose hybrids. Then the image was gone, and he opened his eyes, the room slowly, intrusively coming into focus. He looked at the rose again, gently touching a finger to the softly velvet petals. He needed to find Tom. The gardener was as old as some of the trees in the garden, and with a love and passion for roses equal to his own. He would know the answer. He found Tom in the shed sorting the vegetable seeds. Hello, Tom. Thank you for the roses. Oh, that's all right, Raph. Nice blooms today, old Tom smiled. Yes, what's the new one called, and where is it? Ah, I thought you'd like it, Tom's eyes gleamed humorously. She's a beauty, isn't she? Her name is Victoria's Blush, and I have been trying to get a stem of her for some time. Finally, Jack Murphy parted with it for me, but only after I agreed to give him a cutting from my prized camellia in exchange. Come, I'll show you. Tom slowly shuffled along the path, and although Raff was at least fifty years his junior and could have made the trip in far quicker speed, he had learned not to rush Tom and altered his gait to that of the older man. He watched Tom survey his sanctuary with the keen eye of one who knows his work is never complete, mentally making notes of jobs still to be done. Even in the heavy stillness of the fullest bloom of summer, when the halcyon days seemed to stretch forever into a simple moment before suddenly turning as autumn sings its wilting notes, there was no rest for Tom. Here we are, said Tom but he need not have announced Victoria's blush to Raph, who had been following his nose for the last few minutes, hearing the sound of her as though she were a child laughingly playing in the summer sun. As indeed you could say Victoria was, young compared to her surrounding rose companions, and bright with the growth of youth. Tom explained her lineage was ancient, back to the time of the Saracens, where precious beauty was kept locked behind walled gardens, away from the prying eyes of those who would devour, despise, or destroy it. Ralph looked quickly at Tom, and then back to the rose bush. So that was what the vision had meant. I'll leave you to get better acquainted, Tom said, shuffling off to see to other plants. 
It was Tom, of course, who had taught him to get acquainted with roses when he was fifteen. Smarting with hurt pride at his fumbling attempt to woo Jacqueline Russell, he'd rushed into the garden. She had seemed the only girl worthy of him overcoming his adolescent shyness to take out on a date. He remembered the painful humiliation as though it were only yesterday. It had been an abject disaster from the very beginning, and rather than pace himself in his room, he'd rushed into the rose garden like a charging rhino amongst the rose bushes. Tom had come across him making a full frontal attack on a piece rose bush. Whoa there, boy! That's not the way you approach a rose of that beauty. Don't you know that roses are like horses or women? If you approach them head on, they will shy away, frightened. You need to approach them gently. Openly, questioningly, he said. Well, that would explain what happened with Jacqueline, thought Raff ruefully. And so it was that Tom instructed Raff in the gentle art of wooing, that now, many years later, had proven surprisingly effective with horses, women, and roses alike. For some moments, Raff stood studying the shape and formal structure of Victoria's blush. She had a sturdy frame, well bedded in the richly composted soil. Her love bud was buried in the depths of the soil to save the heart of her from the frost. Around her, which was the way that Tom had always gardened, a small border of garlic to direct the aphids from her roots, leaves and new shoots. There appeared to be a few unfurled buds and some small heads not yet in full bloom. The other roses were more prolific and larger bloomed, but their perfume was not so exquisite. Before he turned to go, Raff smiled gently and said, Thank you, my beautiful Victoria. As time passed, Raff got into the habit of walking to and from Victoria's blush on his way to his office. He saw her at least once a day, even when she was hibernating in the depths of a cold, dark winter, her delightful perfume locked into the centre of her love bud, awaiting the alchemy of sunlight, song and warmth to bear her buds to the world. As the years passed, her harvest of blooms became more prolific, larger and fuller, as though the land she grew in gave her the opportunity to grow her very best. Raff got into the habit of talking to Victoria and swore to Tom this was why she bloomed so well. The year Tom died, Victoria died a little as well. She developed a fungal disease that meant her outer branches were thinned back to the nub. Raff thought he might lose her and spent as much time as he could nurturing her, talking to her, pouring love and attention upon her, hoping it would help. Finally, the following summer, she bloomed again, and over time the abundant blooms returned. The new gardener Matthew thankfully loved roses as well, and was a caring master for his craft, but his passion was camellia and vegetables. Raff thought he cared less for roses. One day in the early summer, when the blooms were not fully out, and the fragrance barely a promise of the heady succulence of deep summer, Raff came excitedly for his daily talk with Victoria. He was going far away to live in a distant land to start life with his new wife. He was sad, of course, for Victoria's blush couldn't go with him. The humid, tropical weather would shock Victoria's root system and she would die before she had been successfully transplanted. Matt would look after her, and anyway, 
Raff would visit regularly when the journey's home allowed. That summer, while Raff prepared for his departure, Victoria's heart exuded the most extraordinary scent. The perfume was so profound as to wash the garden with it. All the other fragrances dissolved into the background in support of Victoria. On the last day of his stay, Raff sat with Victoria. I'm going to miss you so. Your perfume has imprinted so deeply in my mind. I feel that no matter where I go, I will carry you with me always, he whispered. Victoria nodded her bloom heads in agreement. She was pleased her desire had been met. Raff took the sweetest bud offered by Victoria and, snipping it gently, placed its perfect shape between the blotting papers to take with him on the journey. Each time that Raff returned home, the fragrance of Victoria would be headily sweet, spicy with a thousand memories, calling him to her side. And when he left, her scent left with him, dormant until his next visit. Many years passed, and Raff had returned to the garden alone. Both Raff and Victoria had become gnarled with age, experience and wisdom. They moved at a slower pace. They spent quiet moments of solitude, no need for words. Their love shone in the caring and the presence of each other. It was for others to rush and act without true purpose. They preferred the quiet stillness of contemplation, the bees buzzing around them in the afternoon sun. In the depths of late winter, Raff died, and Victoria, recognising the moment through her long ribbons of connection, knew immediately that her love had passed from the real world. She, who had held her love of Raff in the earthbound roots of her being, knew it was time to leave as well. Her beloved Raff waited patiently for her to decide. Would she follow her love or remain in the life-giving earth? Gently she floated in the ethers, as her perfume had once carried her love on the wisp of the air's wings. When summer came, Victoria's blush had not one bloom. The gardener, concerned at the barrenness, decided to check the heart of her, the love bud placed gently under the soil those many years ago. What he found surprised and puzzled him. Common as it was to see the gnarled root in condensed form, collapsed upon itself, or filled with insect larvae, or rotten through damp. This is not what he found in Victoria. What he found was a completely empty shell cracked open like a walnut, a fine powdery dust floating in the air, perfectly shaped, perfectly empty, and perfectly healthy. The heart of her simply wasn't there. He thought back to the last time he remembered her blooming. The old man had been alive then. Surely the rose had not died because the old man had gone. But what other explanation could there be? He looked at the branches. Maybe he could grasp some of these, but in his heart he knew. The fragrant essence of Victoria was gone. He left the shed, burying the remains of Victoria's blush reverently in the soil so the memory of her would live in the rose garden, and went to spend time with his beloved Camellia Japonica, and wondered at life. If you enjoyed that story, there are many more in my collection of love tales and recipes called A Tipsy Man Goes Naked. You can find it at Amazon, 
Barnes & Noble, and all online bookstores. And that's it, my lovelies. It's time to get back into the throes of your life. You can find more episodes on my website and social channels. Until next time, find time to enjoy a cup or two with a good book. Remember to take care, be blessed, and smile often. Bye for now.